Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Emmanuel Iren, lead pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow. Um, we're going to be, I'm going to go old school on you. And just to stir up the consciousness of participation, wherever you are, all right, I want you to stand up, stand up right now, stand up right now, and turn your Bibles to James chapter 1, verse 22. We're going to read James chapter 1, verse 22, all right? So it doesn't matter what part of the world you're in, stand up right now, just to stir up that consciousness of participation. And I want you to read with me as much as you can wherever you are james 1 from verse 22 want to go he says but be a doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer he's like a man observing his natural face in the mirror for he observes himself goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he is but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work this one will be blessed in what he does let us pray father in the name of jesus we thank you for your word we thank you for the holy spirit given to us and we thank you because that spirit has birthed in us conviction of your reality and we declare that we have wisdom and revelation in the spirit this morning and as we go into your word we are so blessed and so stirred in jesus mighty name amen hallelujah glory be to god all right be seated wherever you are you see many people all right they i, I see you all on social media i might have done it once before you go to the gym and you know you are not consistent you're there for the first time in like two years but what do you do you know every single thing you're doing you know you are using the mirror in the gym more than the equipment in the gym you know you're taking pictures you're striking poses you know and you're doing all of that and you're updating your status and guess what after a short time you know after that workout session nobody sees you anymore nobody sees you in that gym anymore and you see the reality when, of things when it comes to exercises, it's a principle of consistency. So fair enough you went, but you have to go the next day. And maybe the day after that. And maybe the day after that. Listen, I just use that as an example. All right, This might not really um, play out in the normal scheme of things in life. Let me tell you this. I might not have said this before. I am for exercise and all of that. But there, there are limits to these things. Can I tell you something? If you see someone who has a massive build, that means he dedicates maybe two hours daily, you know, in the gym, at least, all right, two hours daily. And ladies, if you see a guy like that and he's not the owner of the gym, you want to ask very well if he has a job. I don't worry, I'm just throwing sheets. Maybe because after the fasting, I've not gotten back to physical, physical form. But, but I said that to say this, generally speaking, the principle of exercise, you know, requires consistency. You see, and that's, that's what the word of God says here. He says to be a doer of the word of God. I want to talk about that first and foremost because, you see, some people have 
a religious propensity. They just hear the word as if it was written for someone else. A religious propensity. So you just hear the word. And it passes from one ear and goes out the other. You know, so they know in their mind, the Bible says you shall cast out devils, but they've never tried. And what still, some people have not even seen themselves in a position to do so. Uh, such that because they've not even positioned themselves mentally and psychologically to do the word of God, even when someone is manifesting, I mean, they, they, they're surprised because they didn't even anticipate that they will ever be in such a situation. All right, and that's something you have to deal with. Can I tell you something? If you find yourself in a situation where you are reading the word of God consistently, everybody keeps telling you, this is who the word of God says you are, but you don't receive it, you're going to have issues. You're not going to grow. So that's something to deal with. The Bible says to be a doer of the word of God. I'm a doer of the word. I want you to say that wherever you are. I'm a doer of the word. So I'm not going to come to a point where I see something in scripture and I don't do it. Okay? That's so important. And it says, For if any is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in the mirror. For he observe, uh, observes himself and goes away and immediately forgets what manner of man he was. So listen, it says, But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, emphasis on continues in it, there has to be a consistency to it. Present continuous tense continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. He shall be blessed in what he does. So the blessing is in consistency. I cannot stress this enough. The blessing, all right, is in consistency. Every truth requires contemplation. Every truth. For any truth to take root in you, it requires contemplation. You have to contemplate it. You might know it in your head, but you have to look at it often. Look at it often. You see, every good pastor knows what I'm talking about. There are some topics that you must repeat every year. There are some topics that you must repeat every 18 months. Because every good pastor knows, all right, that no matter, you know, if it might be in your mission statement. In your mission statement on your website, it reads, we believe in evangelism. Newsflash, if you don't teach on evangelism repeatedly, it's not going to be a culture. Your emphasis is your conviction. It doesn't matter what you claim to believe. You believe what you emphasize. Every ministry believes what, the, what it emphasizes, what she emphasizes. This is so important. You see, for instance, in our ministry, every 12 months, we must at least take a series on prayer. We might rebrand it, call it different names, but it's on prayer. Many times a whole month, midweek service and Sunday services on prayer. It's important. We must at least take a series on evangelism. That's core. That's so important. Let me give you three reasons why emphasis is important. 
I've already more or less talked about the first one. You know, the first reason is what a church emphasizes is what she really believes. I already said that emphasis reveals conviction. Emphasis reveals conviction. You know, the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If you are not speaking about it, you don't think about it often enough. If it warms your heart deeply and well enough, it will show up in your conversation. That's too important. It doesn't matter what anybody claims to believe. If they never talk about it, they don't believe it. All right. Number two reason why emphasis is important. It is what a church emphasizes that its members will believe. This is similar to number one. What the church believes on one hand, what the members believe on the other hand. Whatever you want to be at the forefront of the member's mind, you have to emphasize it often enough. For instance, you know, um, I know that even the most well-meaning believers, all right, they get carried away maybe with the pressure of life career pursuits and all of that and their prayer life is not balanced it is my duty as a pastor to help you in teaching and practice by bringing a series you know that will realign your devotional emphasis like we did last month and last month when what did we notice on all our prayer platforms you know the participation increased Guess what? And I'm saying this because of some of you. Guess, guess what? Some of you, your efforts are wearing off. You're already getting tired. It's, it's not up to a month. You're already getting tired. So I'm saying this. I'm chipping this in. All right? Remember as a principle, you are not permitted as a member of Celebration Church to miss two consecutive prayer times. If you miss 6 a.m., you must not miss 12 noon. If you miss 12 noon, you must not miss 8 p.m. All right, and those of us who joined maybe like the Canada and US family 2 a.m. once in a while, I did it about twice or thrice last week, you know, you know that, I mean, if you miss 2 a.m., I can exempt 2 a.m., all right, for Nigerians. But if you're up in the night, you can as well pray. When you see the notification, don't ignore it. Don't say it's for Canada. No, it's for you. All right. What a church emphasizes, its members will truly believe. That's important. And the third point is what I really want to dwell on. It's an observation. I have observed, and I dare say it's a principle in the word of God, that any truth that is not emphasized will not be manifest in your life. Any truth that is not emphasized will not manifest in your life. If you want to see it, you will have to see it often. <laughs> if you want to see it manifest, you have to receive the word concerning it often, repeatedly. If you don't emphasize it, you will not see it. I'll give you a simple example. You believe in healing. You prayed for one sick person. The person did not get healed. And now you, you, you have an emotional backup plan you don't want to find yourself in that emotional space again where your hopes are so high and you're disappointed so what do you do you don't pray for as many sick people anymore yeah you still believe in healing god heals there are just some things about healing you don't understand somewhere in your mind though and you don't pray for the sick anymore guess what 
the healing manifestation will reduce in your life drastically. It will. It will. If you are not careful, it will be totally non-existent. Because anything that you don't emphasize, you will not see. You see, it's not difficult to understand what I'm saying. Just look at the body of Christ. The predominant testimonies in all church denominations, all right, is according to their emphasis. There are some churches, you know, that center on what we call, or what they call, deliverance prayers. Deliverance prayers. I'm not, uh, irrespective of what you believe about it, I'm just pointing this out. Deliverance prayers. Now, if you check those ministries, and you see the testimonies that are there, you see, you know, all kinds of strange things. I was walking and a bat fell in my front and it died instantly, and all those kind of things. You see, and why is that? Because of their emphasis. If you see a church, you know, that is, that um, centers everything around miracles, you know, every service is a miracle service. They don't really give sufficient time to the teaching of the word and all of that. I say this respectfully. You will discover that there are going to be a lot of miracles there. They might not be doing the right thing. They, they might have made the truth. They might have made a truth the truth. All right, if you understand what I'm saying. But, but they're going to see miracles. All right, but every true pastor and apostle understands balance. So you're looking at... You, you know your members and you know that they are supposed to be balanced in the truth of God's word the whole the full gospel of Christ and you know like Paul told the church at Thessalonica he says I can't wait to see you to perfect or to complete what is lacking in your faith so he's curriculum conscious and you know he's saying okay oh you're strong in this you're strong just like in the in the university or in secondary school where you are graded according to different courses and courses and subjects all right Oh, you did well in mathematics, you have more work to do in English. Oh, you did well in technical drawing, you have more work to do in, you know. So he's doing that and he says, I can't wait to see you to perfect what is lacking in your faith. You know, in fact, he said this to the church at Corinth. This is so important and it, it, it's, it's leading somewhere, I tell you. Second Corinthians chapter 8 verse 7, very powerful text. Second Corinthians chapter 8 verse 7, Paul says this, he says, but as you abound in everything, in faith, in speech, just like, just like your results. Mathematics, A1. English, A1. It says, as you abound in everything, as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in diligence, in love for us, see that you abound in this grace also. He's talking about the giving grace. Don't neglect that. Some churches are so generous, but poor in evangelism. Some churches are so prayerful, but, you know, poor in charisma. You know, we tend to be selective. We, we just, human beings tend to overdo things. Even when we want to correct an extreme, we go to an extreme ourselves. And he's saying, as you abound in this and that and this, and in those, abound in this also. And that's what we're trying to do with believers' authority. Can I tell you something? If we don't emphasize it, it will be lost. Like I, like I said last week Sunday, a lot of Christians belong to a very funny brand. They're so scared of the devil. 
they go to church every Sunday, you know, before before social distancing, you know, or they tune in for online church regularly. They hear the word regularly. All right, yet they are so timid, they can't take spiritual authority. I told you a story of, you know, two members of church, you know, they went out with Pastor K and in the lobby of a hotel, Pastor K discerned that, you know, one of the ladies that, that was there needed help, if you know what I mean. And he just said, oh, how are you? You know, just trying to farm to them. Can I take a picture with you? You know, gave them a handshake and told one of them, can I pray for you? And she said, yes. And as soon as he started praying, there was a manifestation, if you know what I mean. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, a demonic reaction. Guess what the two church members, this was years ago, I'm sure they've grown now. What they did, they ran away. I mean, they left their pastor and ran. Now, when you're reading in the Bible about the disciples running and leaving Jesus, Peter denying Jesus, you think it's just Bible story. Now, this is a true life story. The moment the lady shook like this, <laughs> you know, they just turned their back and started running. And they legit had to say, come back here. Why is it that we keep hearing, you know, even in church, maybe they really join the confessions. I know who I am. You, you know, you know, I am pacing the floor, you know. But when it is time for action, you are running. Why? Because you've not allowed the word of God to filter into your mind deeply enough. You've not allowed it. You've not allowed it. So I'm going to bore you today by reading a text you already know. But you must read it different today. You must read it different. Look at Mark chapter 16. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Mark chapter 16, verse 17. Oh, glory to God. Oh, listen, we're about, you know, we're having a great time already. You're going to see many miracles today. Let me read from verse 15, Mark 16, 15. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Thank you, Jesus. Listen, if you're here in this studio and you need a miracle, something is happening right now and I want you to be ready to receive and that applies to everyone listening to me all right and he said to them go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature he that believes and is baptized will be saved and he who does not believe will be condemned and this sign shall follow them that believe oh thank you jesus this sign will follow them that believe he says in my name they shall cast out devils they shall speak with new tongues they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Oh, listen. Just in case you don't know, he's talking about you. He's, he's talking about signs that will follow those who believe the gospel. He's talking about you. You believe the gospel. He says these signs will follow you. So now you need to ask yourself, have I cast out a demon before? If I have not cast out a demon before, I ought to ask myself why. 
Why haven't I cast out a demon? And whatever excuse the devil is trying to suggest to you, push it aside. You know, it's not for you. I, I don't see myself that way. You are who the word of God says you are. Until you embrace the reality that it's for you. These manifestations are for you. You're not going to see them. These signs will follow them that believe. These signs follow me. I cast out devils. So when I see a demon spirit, and I'm going to show you how to descend them, you're not going to run away. You cast them out. Can I tell you something? I don't reply DMs as much as before anymore. I don't. Especially from church members. If you've been in this church for a year and you are DMing me, you say, my neighbor needs help. What is wrong with you? What have I been teaching you? Do you realize, you know, I, I, I legit have a life. I have a family. I'm reaching out to people in my sphere of influence, direct sphere of influence. Why are you reaching out to me? How are you going to learn? How are you going to grow? Take authority. These signs follow. I want you to personalize this. Say, these signs follow me. In the name of Jesus. I cast out devils. I speak with new tongues. These signs follow me. Not just pastor, but me. Not just the leaders in church, but me. Not just the leaders in the body of Christ, but me, me, me. These signs follow me. I want you to call your name, your full name, and say, these signs follow me. I'll call your name and say, Emmanuel Aaron, you will cast out devils. You will cast out div devils. You will cast out demoniacal forces. You will cast out devils. These signs follow me. It's for you. It's for you. Wherever you are, your impact must be felt. Your graces must be felt. Listen, did you notice what just happened now? As you said that, there, there was an anointing. Those of you in the studio, you know what I'm talking about. The atmosphere changed. That's how to stir up power in your life. you got to talk it. Say it, embrace it. These signs follow me. I cast out devils. I expel demons. I take authority in my family, in my life, in my neighborhood, in my sphere of influence. These signs follow me. I cast out devils. I expel demons. Oh, the time will come. As I step into places, devils will flee. I remember one time in school, I wasn't even praying. I just sat down, you know, and I was meditating on who I was in Christ. Meditating, reading a book, and it was tearing me up. Some of the people watching maybe were there, you know, when this happened. And after a while, I just left. I walked into a room, and I saw a lady that I knew. And I raised my hand. This was in the university. We just guy stuff. So I raised my hand to give her a high five. And as she raised her hand, she fell down. She just, she just, it was not a church program. It was not a special meeting. She just fell. And demons left her. Another time, I, I was walking. This, it has happened so many times. Because these signs follow me. You, you, listen, you have to picture it. You have to picture it. You know, I, I was in a prayer meeting. I was not even leading. You see, I was just a brother. And they said, let's hold our neighbor and share the grace. 
And the moment I held the lady by my side, oh boy, jolts of supernatural current went into her. And there was an, a reaction. You know, she, 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 she needed help. And so she tried to draw her hand from me. I held it. <laughs> they said we should hold hands. <laughs> you know, so she looked at me. She tried to draw her hand. I held it. After a while, she, you know, she just shrugged for a bit and fell to the floor. And demons left her. These signs follow me. Listen, I'm not talking about this so you look at me and say, Oh, pastor, pastor's got it. That's not what I'm saying. I'm talking about you. These signs follow you. It was in school I learned, you know, when I read, you know, Acts chapter 10 verse 38, you know, I begin to prophesy it over my life and declare it. I will put my name there. How God anointed Emmanuel Eren with the Holy Ghost and with power. He goes about doing good and healing all that are oppressed of the devil because God is with him. God has anointed Emmanuel Eren. I will pace my room in the, in the floor in my room and say, God has anointed me. God has anointed me. God has anointed me. God has anointed me. Hallelujah. At the age of 18 and 19, I'm having healing meetings. All right. I remember meeting. There were just about 200, 300 people there. And there were 100 instant miracles. 100. 100. This is how I learned confidence in the word. I went there. I remember like it was yesterday. I picked up the microphone and I said, the Lord said I should tell you. Every single person who is sick here will be healed. And that's exactly what happened. Growths disappeared. All kinds of things. We, we saw all kinds of miracles. We're still seeing them today. Glory to God. In a meeting, a lady who lost a finger due to weak low, the finger grew back. And she was screaming and came to show me. Oh, and, and I was like, I'm sorry, I don't know what it looked like before, so I can't shout. You know, she was like, see, 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 and I'm like, well, it looks normal. Glory to God. These signs follow me. These signs follow me. Hallelujah. Exorcism is common to all also. It's not for, you know, in those films, you see some special people with crosses and lanterns that have incense and, you know, they cover their faces and they're making all this kind of, that's, you know, that's rubbish. You just step into a room. <laughs> and because of your presence, demons have got to flee. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. These signs follow me. But now there is an issue. How are you going to cast out devils if you don't know <laughs> where they are? How are you going to cast them out? How are you going to know who has a demon spirit and who doesn't? You know, some people don't know the difference. You know, some people in church, when people are overwhelmed by the power of God and they fall under the power, they are suspicious. They don't know who, who you know, who demons left and who is just overwhelmed by the power of God. You know, a, a lot of suspicious people in church. And sometimes someone is just enjoying God and you're like, eh, so all this while, and you may be wrong. You don't judge by your eyes. You see, it was years ago that I'm casting out demons and there will be demonstration. Now, in church, 
a lot can be going on and you will not know. <laughs> I'm just praying for everybody. Some I'm telling demons to go and you don't even know. You don't even, it's just inner carcass that will know. <laughs> Hallelujah, because it, it shouldn't take five seconds. Amen. But how are you going to know? If you must cast out devils, how would you know who has a demon? Is by something called discernment of spirits. Discernment of spirits. I want, your, I want to read the text briefly. I'm not going to spend time on this. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 from verse 8 to 10. It says, For to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same spirit, to another walking of miracles, to another prophecy, to another descending of spirits. Descending of spirits. And he mentioned all the, all the gifts of the spirit. He says descending of spirits. What's descending of spirits? It's a manifestation of the spirit by which a spirit in operation, good or bad, is revealed or exposed. A manifestation of the spirit by which a spirit in operation, good or bad, is exposed. So by descending of spirits, if it's a demon spirit, you know a demon spirit is in operation. Alright? By descending of spirit, you can know when the Lord is moving. Maybe it's just the presence of an angel. I, I remember, you know, I was with the Port Harcourt pastor, our Port Harcourt pastor, years ago. He was in my room and we are just talking. And something strange happened. As we're talking, an angel just appeared, you know, in, in front of me. So, I was trying, I, did, I didn't want to freak him out. So, I was looking at him, and I was just like, will he notice? And then all of a sudden, he stopped. And he said, sir, the presence of God just became so mighty in this place. And I laughed, and I said, oh, there's an angel here. <laughs> you know, I thought you're not going to know. Hallelujah. You know, so, what what happened to him was the setting of spirits. At the time, he didn't even see it, but that's what it was. He didn't see the angel, all right, but he knew. He knew. The same way, you know, you just know something is off about someone. You know, something happened. There was a guy in the university that had a spirit that you would call familiar spirits. Familiar spirit, and this young man will go about his praying for people, but he's using demoniacal forces. He has demons, and these people thought he was full of the spirit, but he was full of demons. And he would do all kinds of weird stuff. He would go to the talk shop, he will buy snacks, pray on the snacks, and give. Can I tell you something? By the time all right he was done and we eventually cast out dem demons from him we had to go and look for all those people and all of them had received demons virtually all of them you know but one day you know he sat in front of me and one of my daughters in the faith this lady was in year one or year two and this young guy was pretending to be full of the spirit and he was talking about all the prophecy he was giving and all the manifestation he was seeing and all of that. And this young lady just looked at him and said, 
keep deceiving yourself. And he was so startled. He looked at her like you could see that he didn't expect anybody to know <laughs> that that was who he was. That he was a deceiver. And so he, he said, ah, why did you say that? And he just got up and left. It wasn't just not too long after that I, I, I had the privilege to expel demons from him. She was right. She was right. So, by descending of spirit, even if a demon is pretending to be an angel of light, you will know. Alright? And, you know, some people judge just by the optics. Sometimes it looks weird, but it's actually the spirit of God. You know, when the Bible says, he that dwells under the shadow of the almighty, shadow. You know, we were thought that, you know, God is akin to light and the devil is akin to darkness. But God can dwell in darkness. <laughs> you know, we've been programmed in our mind to think when, you know, electricity, we are out of power. That, oh, the devil then can attack us. But can I tell you something? That might be a great time to meditate and be conscious of the power of God. A great time for meditation. But the movies have deceived us. You see? So it doesn't work by, by the lenses. There were things that Jesus did. If a pastor should do today, people will suspect he's using jazz. Do you know what it means? You want to pray for someone, you spit on the person's eyes. If you try, <laughs> if you try today, <laughs> you won't hear the last of it on Instablog. Anyway, you know, but, but I just said that to say this. This is an important lesson. I might be throwing in some jokes here and there, but pay attention to this. This is important. Discernment is not suspicion. Discernment is not suspicion. It's not human suspicion. It doesn't work by, you know, your natural senses. If you try to judge by your eyes, you will be deceived. You will. You will. You will. You know, <laughs> my, uh, one of my earliest experiences, you know, casting out devils, there was a mentor who wanted to pray for someone, you know, and he sent for us just so that we could join him. And when I got into the room, I said, who are we praying for? And he pointed to the lady, you know, the lady tied her hair, had no earrings, you know, Guess what? She was singing worship songs. Because we are told her, <laughs> you know, we want to pray so she could as well get in the mood. You know, she was not saved. But she was singing worship songs. And I, in my mind, I was like, ah, this, this lady that should bless us. What are we doing here? I was very young in the Lord. And when the prayer started, that was my first experience. Learning that, it, it, you know, there's more <laughs> to people than meets the eyes. When that young lady, four guys couldn't hold her, I knew that, well, this life is very deep, you know. And in this part of the world, we have subjected many people to religious stereotypes. Religious stereotypes. First and foremost, we think that demons possess ladies more than guys. And it's not true. Demons have no gender preferences. Do you know what light-skinned ladies have gone through in Nigerian churches. <laughs> you know, the, mo the moment the spirit is moving, they are the four suspects. You know, and somebody say, I sense a seductive spirit. 
you know, especially people from my side of Nigeria. I, I, I just, on behalf of people from my side, I want to say I forgive the Nigerian church. We forgive you in the name of Jesus. Because even in the movies, people who have demon spirits, they're usually a kaite, you know, you always calabar or a kwaibom. You know, but we forgive you. We forgive you. It's ignorance. <laughs> you know, you know, so every light-skinned lady has a demon spirit. You're wrong. And we talk about seducing spirits. Do you know biblically seducing spirits? I'm not saying there are no spirits of seduction. <laughs> Do you understand? But many times it's not the spirit, it's just you. But, but anyway, but, but, but biblically seducing spirits is not the spirit that is trying to get you to fall into sexual lust. Is a spirit trying to lure you into false doctrine. So irony is, the pastor who is subjecting every light-skinned lady to the religious stereotypes, calling them sedu seducing spirits, is actually the one with the seducing spirit. Because his false teaching is seducing spirits. That's what the Bible defines as sedu sedu seducing spirits. It's an impostor spirit. Anyway, let me read it to you. In false... Timothy chapter 4 verse 1. 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 1. The Bible says, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. So a seducing spirit is luring you from the truth of God's word to false doctrine. So that notion, that carnal suspicion of ladies in general, particularly light-skinned ladies, that's, that notion, that teaching is, is seductive. Praise the Lord. The Greek word translated um, seducing, seducing spirit, is planos. It means imposter. And that's another thing you have to know about the devil. Many times he tries to pretend as if he's the spirit of Christ. He pretends to be an angel of light. He pretends to be the spirit of... So he's, he's called seducing spirits, imposter spirits, pretentious spirits. And that's why if you're not careful, if not without discernment, you won't know. I mean, two apostles are going on their own and a lady is walking after them saying... These men, they tell you words by which you will be saved. You know, someone who is not discerning will say, Ah, free adverts. We've been trying to tell these people we are men of God. Now, see confirmation by the Spirit. But yet, that lady had a demon. This is, this is how you know that result consciousness does not work in our kingdom. Because she said everything right. And did everything right. But the source was wrong. You need discernment. In these last days, you need discernment. You need to discern. Otherwise, you will call your enemy your friend. And you will call your friend your enemy. You need to discern. Matthew chapter 24 verse 5. That's not where I'm going. I'm just going to read it in passing. It says, for many shall come in my name saying I am Christ and deceive many. So you see, 
The devil always tries to pretend to be Christ. So, it is not suspicion. I remember years ago, listen, I, I want to first and foremost appreciate ministries that have gone ahead and have done great for the kingdom. All right? But we must keep getting better in accuracy. Do you understand? So, I just want to put that out there. But I saw a pamphlet and it was interpretation of dreams and they said you know listed things out if you see this happen in the dream this is what it means if you see this happen in the dream as if all supernatural dreams mean the same thing that's not how the spirit realm works and now one of the things that was mentioned is if you see yourself eating in the dream the devil is poisoning you and this notion has prospered in many quarters in the body of Christ in this nation. If you see yourself eating in a dream, the devil is poisoning you. So now, is it discernment? Where is the place of discernment? If everyone who is eating in the dream, has anyone stopped to ask, what does the Bible say? Because if you try to study what the Bible says, you're going to be surprised. Someone is like, oh, well, uh, do you want to see people, example of people in the dream in the Bible? Yes! There's an example or two in the Bible I'm going to give you. A man named Peter, the Bible says he was, you know, he was praying and he slept off and he saw food in the dream and a voice said, take and eat. That's it. <laughs> That's it. And guess what? Guess who offered him the food? It was God. <laughs> so the notion that every food you see in the dream is from the devil is wrong. <laughs> and by the way, I'm not saying every food you see in the dream is from God. <laughs> if, you, if you don't understand what I'm saying, you know, you're missing the point if you think that's what I'm saying. All right. I'm just saying walk in discernment. That's all I'm saying. But it's right there, Acts chapter 10. Maybe I should just read it to you, verse 9 and 10. Acts chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. It says, about noon the following day, as they were on a journey and approaching the city, Peter went up the roof to pray. He became hungry. I'm going to talk about that soon. He became hungry and wanted to eat. And while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. You know, and in the trance, he saw, you know, food and, and God said, kill and eat or you saw animals kill and eat all right and i said i'm going to talk about the fact that he was hungry even if it was a supernatural encounter you have to understand the spirit of the prophet is subject to a prophet all right so many times okay why did he dream is it is it a coincidence that he was hungry and he slept and he dreamt of food guess what sometimes you dreamt of food because you were hungry I can tell you that category. And that also is biblical. Let me show it to you. Isaiah chapter 29 verse 8. Open your Bibles. Isaiah 29 verse 8. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. It says, It shall even be as when an hungry man dreameth, and behold, he eateth, but he's awakened and his soul is empty. Uh, it's right there in the scripture. 
He's using this as an illustration. So the fact that he uses this as an illustration tells you it's a known fact. Guy, if you are hungry and you sleep, you will dream of food. Known fact. And you're going to wake up, your soul is empty. So the Bible talks about this. So when you dream and you see yourself eating, what does that mean? Well, have dinner next time. Number one, did you have dinner? Number two, it can be a combination of both like Peter's case. It could be you were hungry and at the same time God took occasion of that physical condition to speak to you in that particular way. But that still doesn't tell you it's the devil. Someone else can see himself eating and wake up and say, that means I'll never be hungry in my life. Oh, thank you, Lord. I've seen the future. My life will be full of plenty. Full of plenty. Full of plenty. Guess what? Even if it was a plan of the enemy, didn't you read Mark 16, 17? That's why I asked you to personalize it. He says, and if he drinks any deadly thing, it shall not hurt him. If he drinks. So next time, tell the devil, you know, this food that you brought to me last stream, it's like you don't know what I like. I prefer turkey <laughs> to chicken. Can you bring turkey next time? Because the devil is just going to waste his food. He will just waste his food because you will eat it and you will be all right. <laughs> and if he drinks any deadly thing, it shall not hurt him. That's another thing you should know about discernment. Discernment does not feel fear. If what you hear, okay, for instance, if you read the list and say, oh, um, eating in the dream means you're poisoned. It cannot be discernment if you read it and you're afraid. Discernment feels confidence. Confidence in the power of God. This is so important. So, discernment is not suspicion. Let's, I just did said all that to get it out of the way. It's not by looking at a lady because she's beautiful, you say she has a seductive, seducing spirit. You know, admit it, bro. You got work to do. Admit it. You're not that disciplined. <laughs> you know? Do you really think beautiful ladies need their spirits to, to, <laughs> to get at you? Be honest now already. <laughs> you know? And it's not by, you know, you can't. When you see dreams interpreted in the Bible, you will know that except by the Spirit, you cannot know what they mean. When the Bible says, you know, Nebuchadnezzar had a dream, or Pharaoh had a dream, and saw seven slim cows, seven fat cows, and then seven slim cows, and the slim cows swallowed the fat cows. If they ask you to interpret that dream into your mind, what will you say? Ah, haters. They want to swallow us. They want to, you know, that's what you're going to say. <laughs> but to say, oh, the fat cows represent seven years of plenty. The thin cows represent seven years of famine. That can only be by the Spirit. Discernment is not suspicion. Rely on the Spirit. Those of you who evangelize uh, well, you know what I'm saying. You look at someone and you say, ah, this one will be easy to evangelize too. Those are usually the difficult ones. And when you see some brosses that you think are difficult, when you engage them, they respond well. Learn to do ministry with your spirit. This is so important. All right? Glory be to God. 
So this is a training on proper discernment. You know, I'll give you just three things to look out for as far as discernment is concerned. And then we'll call it, call it a, um, a day. Guess what? Jadel is in the building. <laughs> Get ready for an awesome, awesome time. All right. Okay. So we're training on discernment. Second Corinthians chapter 2 verse 11. I'll talk about three things. Second Corinthians chapter 2 verse 11. It says, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. This was, what, was a training on forgiveness. All right. So um, historians would tell you, Bible scholars would tell you, he was talking about the guy in 1 Corinthians 5. There was a guy in 1 Corinthians 5. The guy was in open sin. The guy was committing an open case of fornication. He would bring his babe to church, carry her about. And who was the lady? His father's wife. He was dating his father's wife. You know, and Paul said, this is next level stuff, next level sin. You are, you are committing the kind of sin that even unbelievers will be afraid. <laughs> you know, and Paul said, cast him out of the church that he may learn. I, I wish I had enough time to teach him that. You know, and now, this guy had been cast out of the church. He's remorseful. And Paul is saying, bring him back. Because can I tell you something? No matter the level of animosity or level of transgression, if someone transgresses and you don't forgive, you are going to give occasion to the devil. This is what a lot of people don't know. A lot of people think that the devil only comes at them through dreams and nightmares and attacks uh, you know do you know the number of innocent birds that have suffered in nigerian church beautiful owls every owl in the night is of the devil and the owl is just minding his business and he's just looking at you doing his stuff you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> and he's a blood of this you know you bring out oil that could have been used to fry some good egg you throw it on him. I'm just playing. No, I'm not. <laughs> you, know, you know, but the devil is walking right in your midst through discord. You think you have authority because you are killing every bird you see. Yet the devil is walking in your heart so that you are beefing three people in church, four people in church. You are lifting up holy hands, yet you are beefing in the, choir, in the same choir. You are playing the instrumentalist. You are, the bassist is beefing the keyboardist. <laughs> you know. Yet you think you know about warfare and deliverance. And spiritual attacks. And the devil is walking in these ways. And he says, don't forget, he's an imposter spirit. He likes to come in unannounced. He likes to come in, you know, in a way that you wouldn't know he's the one at work. You wouldn't know. And, and Paul is warning you. He says, lest Satan will take advantage of us. If you are ignorant of the way he walks, if you don't have discernment, he will take advantage of you. He will have the upper hand. And so he's telling you, let there be forgiveness in church. Don't walk in strife. Refuse to walk in strife. Refuse to walk in bitterness. Even in direct strife, don't do it. You know, the kind of strife where you pretend as if you don't care and you care. All your captions are addressing haters. 
They said we will not make it. Look at me now. Can you just focus on your life? And there are people you have blocked. You know, it takes work to beef. It takes some level of job, joblessness, I mean. You block someone, and then you open another account, and then you are stalking the person. Get alive, bro. Get alive, sister. Can I tell you something? The reason may be legitimate. The guy in 1 Corinthians 5, he did something wrong. He committed a grievous offense, a sexual sin. Yet, the devil can still take an advantage of a legitimate flaw, transgression, to injure the church. So this is why we must all be smart. All right, we must always seek, seek restoration. Always. If I, I think I'm going to take a midweek service to talk about this. Always seek restoration. There is an order for Matthew chapter 18, verse 16 to 18. Go and read it. Before you report a brother in Christ, go to him first. If you correct him and he heeds, the Bible says you've gained a brother because that's your aim to gain. Gain a brother. Yes, it's a scandal, but think restoration. There's a difference between justice and restoration. You have to understand. Sometimes some advocacy, you know, in the church is not of crap. Can I tell you something? They caught a lady on the bed of adultery. The law says this lady should be stoned. And Jesus asked a simple question. He gave a simple instruction. He that is without sin, cast the first stone. And this tells us a principle of judgment in church. Anytime you are about to castigate someone else, remember Christ forgave you too. Remember. And when you remember, whatever you feel led to do, do. So you have to be discerning. Because when there's a wave out there, everybody will start, you know, okay, for instance, I'm totally against rape. And everybody who rapes should be prosecuted. I believe that with all my heart. As someone who has a wife and daughters, I don't joke. All right? But something happened. A lady called me. She said, this guy, you know, first of all, a long story. I don't know why she slept on the same bed with a guy who was not a boyfriend. But, well, this happened. And then she woke up to the guy trying to touch her. And she woke up and she told him off and he stopped and the next morning they talked about it the guy said he's sorry she forgave him years had gone by now sexual assault is trending on twitter and the friends are telling her call out this guy because of the spur of the moment and she called me and i asked her a question have the i thought you said you forgave him and he said yes i said so let him go for God's sake, I'm not justifying a crime, but I'm just saying, I believe in forgiveness. Listen, if the bro, whoever he is, is unrepentant, it doesn't matter his station in the society, he should be prosecuted. So that's a totally different thing. But hey, the Bible says, lest Satan should take advantage of us. Lest Satan should take advantage of us. Be cautious of that. The next thing I want to talk about is persecution persecution you see on one hand 
it doesn't take a demon spirits for people to hate you just because you're a Christian, just because of what you stand for. It doesn't. However, many times persecution is caused by demon spirits. Like Paul talked about thorn in the flesh. A lot of people think he was talking about sickness, but he was not talking about sickness. And I've taught on this time and again, but I'm just going to run through this as fast as I can. You know, 2 Corinthians chapter 12 from verse 7 to 10 tells the story, you know, because Paul called it infirmity. People think he's talking about, let me just read it. From verse 7, 2 Corinthians 12, it says, Unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelation, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh. So some people think he was talking about sickness. Thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted. For this I besought the Lord thrice that he might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. You know, so a lot of people think he was sick and he asked God to heal him. And, and God said, My grace is sufficient. Weird idea. But look at what he said in verse 10. He says, Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproach, in necessities, in persecution, in distress for Christ's sake. For I am weak, then I am strong. He was talking about persecution. And check out these references on your own time is fast spent. This is not what I'm teaching on. Numbers 3355. Numbers 3355. Joshua 2313. And Georges 2 verse 3. You will see that thorn in the side, thorn in the flesh were metaphors for persecution. So um, in those Old Testament texts, it was used to describe the enemies of Israel trying to wage war against israel and they were as a metaphor a thorn in my side just the same way in local in, in modern day language you say this guy is a pain in my butt all right that's not sickness he's just saying <laughs> he's disturbing you he's troubling you and that was the metaphor for it and this don't forget the bible was not originally written in chapters and verses this was a flow of thought from chapter 11 from chapter 11 from verse 21 2 Corinthians chapter 11, he says of the Jews, verse 24, I beg your pardon, of the Jews five times received thy 40 strokes save one, thrice I was beaten with rods. So he was talking about all the things that he suffered for Christ's sake. In journeys often in perils of, of water, in perils of robbers and all of that. So all of this was actually referring to persecution. And I said all of that to say this. He called persecution a messenger of Satan. So can I tell you something? People can be scared of the devil to rise against the church. They can be scared of the devil. Scared of the devil to bring up policies against the church. You have to be discerning. And you know what I'm doing? As I'm teaching you on the manifestation on, of Satan, I'm stirring up your discernment. Because through the word and by the spirit, you can walk in discernment. That's the simple principle. The final thing I'm going to talk about, and we're going to have another service to talk about this, is sickness. Yes, man is falling. The natural man is falling. Yes, death has entered into the world. Sin entered into the world and death by sin. All right. But not all sicknesses are natural. You have to understand this. You have to understand this. Everyone in the healing ministry, you know, knows the difference. Can I tell you something? Okay, let me, let me tell you a story. 
there was this brother he told me his mom did an x-ray and a hole was found in her heart and so she had been bedridden for for some time and he called me over the phone to pray for her so as we prayed i saw in a vision i saw his mom lying on the bed and i saw a strange animal looking demoniacal force to, on her neck you know on her shoulder with the tail wrapped around her neck and i said in the name of jesus you foul spirit i command you leave guess what mommy got healed on the spot mommy who had been bedridden you know got up had a shower you know and typical african mother the moment she was strong she went to the market she went to the market the same day to buy all the things she had wanted to buy for the past many days all right and the reason it happened you know like that is because guess what she was never really sick you have to understand there is a difference between pay attention to this there's a difference between a normal injury you know you fall down and you hurt yourself or even a sickness caused by demon spirits and a demon spirit manifesting a sickness and that's why some people are very sick they go to the hospital for checkup and they can't find anything because guess what there is nothing i'm telling you this to stir you up all those strange things strange movements in your body you take authority all right take your authority because it's a demon spirit you know what the bible says in acts chapter 10 verse 38 how god anointed jesus of nazareth with the holy ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil so can i tell you something sickness is an oppression of the devil it's right there in the word of god and don't forget he's an imposter spirit i taught you that already so you will keep treating it thinking you know the doc can i tell you something the doctors will always have a name they will always have a name but it's an oppression and if you don't see it as an oppression it will linger the bible tells us about a woman who was bent over and in luke chapter 13 verse 16 the bible says ought not this woman being a daughter of abraham whom satan had bound low these 18 years be loosed from his bond on the sabbath day can i tell you something the doctor would have had a name for that condition but jesus said satan had bound her hallelujah listen i want you to be stirred in your spirit be stirred in your spirit to take authority right now now i've shown you the different ways the devil you know operates for instance the number one example i gave you as it pertains to discord you have to understand is is not first and foremost a prayer issue some of you you are very prayerful but when it comes to you find it easy to take authority over the devil in terms of you know warfare or just standing your ground but when it comes to forgiveness that's the difficult part but I'm giving you an instruction now for your own good. You're going to release in your mind anybody, you know, that has hurt against you or that has hurt you. You're going to release them. You're going to release them for your own good. Many of you, I sense, as you do this, you'll be healed on the spot. You're going to be healed on the spot. You're going to be healed on the spot. 
alright and then we're going to take a service like, like I said to pray for persecuted Christians and all of that if you are sick in your body as I round off this is your time this is your time and guess what this time around you're going to do with yourself oh I've seen remarkable remarkable testimonies you know in the past week remarkable testimonies I mean isn't isn't God awesome you can send a voice note and the sick will be healed I mean online ministry hasn't stopped healing ministry at all it's incredible really incredible you heard when I gave the word of knowledge last week about the lady you know I said God is touching your eyes you know a and someone said she had just done a scan and the doctor said she would need an operation on the eyes the moment I said that she said something hit her all right she burst into tears immediately she felt the power of God according to her all the sy symptoms had ceased she said she knows that she's healed glory to God and right now you're going to take authority by yourself you're going to use your mouth the Bible says you will cast out devils right and I'm going to give you few minutes just five minutes I want you to take authority over your health the Bible says how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good right take authority and begin to declare I am the healed of God I step out of that ailment I step out of disease stand up wherever you are at home and begin to make that declaration right now make that declaration right now make that declaration right now I'm telling you miracles are happening right now miracles are happening right now he's an imposter spirit he has been pretending but now you see it's the devil causing discord in that marriage whatever you think is the issue is the devil he's exposed now take authority Satan get your hands off my daughter get your hands off my business get your hands off my health speak boldly right now get your hands off in the name of Jesus speak boldly right now pace the floor and speak boldly speak boldly speak boldly speak boldly he said, if you shall say unto this mountain, be removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt what you say, you, you shall have what you say. You shall have what you say right now. Speak boldly. I take authority in the name of Jesus. Take authority right now. Put an end to that ailment. That seasonal sickness that comes and goes. Take authority. Oh, thank you, Lord. Someone has just been healed of heartburn. A young man has just been healed of heartburn. Take authority right now. I give you one more minute. Speak boldly. Declare the word of God. Libatalandos, Zatalaba, Rundele, Venige, Esuses, Cabalatos, 
Aratuse fenato livenetuse kabraktus. Zatalabarate, take authority right now in the name of Jesus. Baliando soskevaya. Zalamande rebata kanonske. Gipalatonde rebenekatuse kivenekarusto sofenahaya. Oh, thank you, dear Lord. And now I want to agree with you in prayer. You know what the Bible says? It says, if two of you shall agree as touching anything under heaven, it shall be done of my Father in heaven. I would normally just pray for you, but I want to teach you authority. That's why I'm agreeing with you. All right. Father, in the name of Jesus, I agree with everyone under the sound of my voice. For everything that they've asked about or prayed about, that in the name of Jesus, there is a performance. And demons are expelled right now. I see demons leaving families right now. Demons leaving bodies right now. In the mighty name of Jesus and from today, you walk in discernment more than ever before. You descend the operations of the enemy and you expose and expel the devil. In the mighty name of Jesus, the Bible says to give no place to the devil. In the mighty name of Jesus, in our ministry, we give no place to the devil. In our workforce, we give no place to the devil. In our marriages, we give no place to the devil. In our relationship, we give no place to the devil. We take authority in the mighty name of Jesus. We give no place to the devil. Thank you, dear Lord. Glory to your name. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Give the Lord a shout of praise. Glory to God. Thank you for listening. We are sure that you have been blessed. For inquiries, reach us on our helpline 0809-996-7000. Blessings.